want to welcome you to the Made for More podcast. I'm here today with Josh. What's going on? I'm here. And uh, it is fun doing these podcasts, and I'm so grateful for those that listen in. Uh, this week, we are going to talk a little bit about reading the Bible. Yeah, um, yeah. And it ties in with a whole big series that we've started. Yeah, this, this whole year, we are going through the different stories of the Bible, and I think there's six sections that we've kind of broken it up into yeah. um, that will function like series. But basically, we're just hitting the major themes, major stories of the Bible, and we're going to read through it together. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'm I'm excited to do this. I think it's going to yeah. be fun to do with the church. Of course, we've already started it. Yeah. Yep. And um, and so I'd encourage you, if you have it, you can go to the website, EncounterTrinity.com, and you'll see the big story kind of promo link down there. You can click on that and join in with the reading plan. And the reading plan that, you, that, that I really say you guys, I know, Josh, you've helped put this together. It's really good. Is uh, it includes like videos from like yeah. the Bible Project and other tools, yeah. um, along with just sections of scripture to read, um, which I think is really cool. The other thing that you did that I think is really neat too is um, it's kind of uh, the way it's broken down is like within this week, get through this information. Yes, yeah. Uh, so if you miss a day, you don't fall super behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We tried to make it pretty accessible where the readings aren't like every day, but for the week. So you could break it up into every day if you want, or you can kind of speed through it in a day or two. Right. Um, but what I have loved is the Church Center app. It has the readings right on there and the videos. Yeah. So if you have the Church Center app, that makes it just super easy to access. Yep, that's good. Download the Church Center app. Look for for Encounter Trinity or Trinity Church. Yeah, Trinity Church. Yep, that's how you find it. And then uh, and you'll you'll find all the stuff there. That's great. Okay, so with this, the kind of the thing that we wanted to talk about today, veer just a little bit from the questions, though these are kind of posed as we're gonna ask them as questions. Yeah. But just talk about the Bible, like how do we interact with the Bible? Yeah. Um, in a crazy way, we live at a time in history where there is more biblical. Op- or opportunity mm. for us to be connected with the Bible than ever yeah. before in, in human history, right? I mean, yeah. from on your phone, apps in your pocket. Right. I mean, prior to the cell phone, even if you could read and did have a Bible, you know, it was a little portable Bible that you yeah. had with you once in a while. Yeah. I remember when I was in high school, my pastor, my youth pastor was like, you know, dare you to take your Bible to class. <laughs> Yeah. You know, challenge. So you'd like walk into your history class and before the bell rings, he challenged you to be reading your Bible. Wow. And he was like, it's a bold statement, even just to carry your Bible yeah. around. Yeah. And in an odd way, everybody with a cell phone is in a sense carrying a Bible. Yeah. It is crazy to think how that really hasn't always been the case that, you know, and even today in some uh, places on earth, the persecuted church, like they don't have access to a Bible. They'll have like a page maybe, you know, yeah. that's been smuggled. But we, I was at a hotel last week and they still have the, the Gideon. Gideon. Yeah. I they still it. got the Gideon Bibles in there. That really it's is like amazing. Every household, even non-Christians at this point, often they will have a Bible um, every hotel room. It's so we have so much access to the Bible. Yeah. Uh, Bibles through history have been like, if you, we start kind of slowly going back, um, you know, for for many families, you know, you go back just a few generations, and they would have a family Bible. Yeah. And the family Bibles were kind of printed in a way in which they had like a lot of blank pages, mm-hmm. and you would put in like marriage dates mm. and birth dates yeah. and big events, and then type in the year, yeah. and so it was almost like a a, a story of the family. Mm. Um, and, and in an odd way, I really like that. Mm-hmm. because, uh, and, and I don't know if the people that originally built it this way intended it, but what it basically says to these Christian families is, uh, 
at, like this is the story of God and yeah. your story fits within it. That's right. That's right. And so, you know, yeah. and, and we don't do that anymore. At least I haven't right. seen any families right. lately that have like a family Bible yeah. and you flip you know, to the back of it and it's got like, yeah. you know, basically, you know, big things that happened mm. in that family's story. And uh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the Bible. So the, the Bible as a whole, um, it is not actually a book. Right. Yeah. How many? Sixty-six. Yeah. So like that? that's right. There are that. Well, I mean, if you're Catholic, I guess. Oh, a little more there. Yeah. Yep, that's yep. right. Depending on where you, depending on where you come from or what your your Christian origin is, uh, there really are. It is. A, it's a library. Yeah, a library. It is a collection of different books, and mm-hmm. so you have what uh, about forty some authors mm-hmm. in three different languages: yep. uh, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and then. Uh, let's see three authors and then from multiple continents oh, 40 yeah. some authors over what 500 ish years Ooh, and uh, i could go back more than that because there's going to be 500 years of silence between the two right between the old testament and the new yes so there's going to be thousands and thousands well, if you if you include so uh about 500 years of uh people writing it ah, separation yeah. between the collections of literature yeah. uh and the reality is, even like if you go back to the Old Testament, so Moses as the author of large chunks of the right, right, he is writing down things that were oral tradition that would have been shared for thousands of years prior to that. Yeah. So you you in its smallest sense, you could say yeah. it, it was written over about a five hundred year period, right. not sequentially, but sure. broken up into two yeah. sections. Yeah. You know what we would call New and Old Testament. Yeah. Uh, but you could even say that that jar- that journaling of it, when it was made it to the library, it was used or it was written using literature and ideas and even oral traditions from thousands of years even prior to that. Absolutely. So it really is a library. Oh, yeah. Um, Have you ever seen the diagram? I think you can Google this, but it's uh, connections mm -hmm. made in Scripture from like one book to another, Genesis to Revelation. And there is more like interconnection in the Bible than any other book. Yeah, that's you know, right. Any other library, you could say. <laughs> well, and it's wild because uh, it's like if you were to read Lord of the Rings or the Chronicles mm-hmm. of Narnia or any other really neat series, they play off each other. But imagine that you had a series that played really well off of each other, but it was written by authors that never met. Right. Yeah. Um, that yeah. had different upbringings from mm. different parts of the world yes. that even spoke different languages. Yeah, it tells a unified story. That's right. Yeah. Um, and even the fact that this collection of literature is so cohesive and yeah. coherent is a miracle in and of itself. Right. Uh, that we have this. Yeah. And so the Bible is that it is it is literally a library of books, but mm. it is not the only books that were written about God. Right. Right. So um, when you look through history, uh, there are a lot of other pieces of literature. I mean, my goodness, even New yeah. Testament, Old Testament. Um where there are other books, the book of Enoch, yeah, yeah. Um, that were used even by Jewish people yep. in the Old Testament. So the Tanakh, mm-hmm. the, the first part of the canonized Bible that we use, mm-hmm. but then even other documents that they would have used yeah. to study God too. And in the New Testament, there are a whole lot more stories written about Jesus that we don't have in the Bible. Yeah, yeah. People were writing all the time, and even there's historical documents that mention Jesus. Yeah. So there's there was a process that God's people went through to canonize 
the books that we have in the Bible or say these are the ones we believe mm-hmm. God wants us to continue, you know, to use as God's people. That's right. So let's let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Right. So what you basically have prior to the kind of official canonization process that that we currently and especially in the Protestant Bible that we currently mm-hmm. have, uh, there is a whole mass of literature um, talking about the coming Messiah, the origin story of humanity, and mm-hmm. then even in the New Testament, things about Jesus. I mean, even things that weren't necessarily Christian, like Tacitus and Josephus mm-hmm. and other historians, yep. some Roman ones, that mention Jesus or talk about mm-hmm. his. So what is it that made these books the books that we choose to say are the Bible? Mm. Yeah, so I know there's like a few guidelines that that were actually used, and I mean, you'd have to talk to somebody smarter than me to know the precise ones, but I know there's councils in general. There's councils that come together of church leaders, like the Council of Nicaea, different ones, and they're going to discuss basically through a process of discernment, praying, asking the Holy Spirit, inviting his wisdom, and discussing what books they believe need to be communicated. Do you remember what yeah. those specific yeah. things are? Yeah, so uh, date of authorship Yeah. in uh, connected with the actual activity that took place, right? right? So, like, did Jesus, like, uh, when this event happened and how close do we have that piece of literature right. to the actual right. event? Um, proximity to Christ yes. is another really yeah. important uh, piece of that. You know, and then the other thing that I think is really uh, interesting too. So let me think. It's proximity to Christ, right? Uh, date and connectedness, and the third one is uh, uh, original documents. Yeah, that's so right. So how close can we get back to? Yeah. So uh, we don't have the original original documents, right? But you can. So let's say that Matthew's journal, mm-hmm. which we call some they call Q. Yeah. So like so there's some book out there we wonder if it was matthew's journal if he was the scribe taking down notes with jesus and it was like a journal well they were out healing people Mm -hmm, and he's writing down mm -hmm. notes and then when matthew mark luke and john wrote their books they were referencing um these some work work that existed prior to that Mm -hmm. but when each of those books were written then they were copied quickly like they were recopied and sent out over and over well if you have you know 150 or a thousand different copies of you know uh, an older like a, a book of yeah. Luke or the yeah. story of Luke or the account of Luke, um, you can follow that and compare it with other early copies, right. and it gives you the ability to know is the copy that I hold in my hand, yeah, you know, accurate because it yeah. does look like this copy and this copy and this copy. Yeah. So yeah. So number of times uh, yeah. is a number is a is a piece to that. There's a that's a whole rabbit hole. In oh, and it of is. Itself. That's a huge and and there's a couple terms that might be helpful for people. One is like. Um, the Apocrypha, and that's going to be um, books of the Bible that the Catholic uh, right. Bible is going to include. That's right. Um, we would call it like secondary canon or deuterocanonical. Those yeah. are big words. Terms that we use, yeah. But, but those are ones that uh, the church has said these are helpful, right. but the Protestant church doesn't include them um, in the primary canon, and the Catholic church includes it in their Bible. That's right. Super and, interesting. And, uh, and their... It's important to know, too, when they divide out, this is what's in and this is what's out. Mm-hmm. So there are books like uh, the Song of Songs that was, right. it was like on the line. Right. It could have gone either way. <laughs> you know, do we include this, do we not? Uh, it's important to know that they weren't deciding this work is good. Right. And this other work is bad. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so think of it more like 
um, with my children, there are a whole bunch of different books that I could read with them by the time yes. they grow up. I can't read all of them. Right. Um, but I can select ones that I think might be most impactful. Yeah. And I can prioritize them in my home with my children, yeah. knowing that those books will shape them best so yes. that they can continue to explore other yes. pieces of literature. Yeah. And there's like a even a maybe further level on that is like the church is discerning that the Holy Spirit inspired these specific things. The process. Yeah. Yeah. So he the Holy Spirit has basically like communicated to a person that he wants these things written down. Right. And they're discerning that and saying these things uh should be a part of a canon that we keep. Yeah, we, and and we do, especially as Christians, I believe this and so do you, uh, that there is, the Holy Spirit is divinely participating oh, yeah. in this journey. Yeah, he's guiding the process. That's right. And so uh, I, I don't think that these meetings were arbitrary right. or just totally you know, at the whim or whatever. Right. So, um, that they were Holy Spirit guided yes. and that God did lead them yeah. uh, to help create uh a, a canonized yes. or a collected yes. uh, sections of literature describing the story of humanity. Yes. Um, the call for the Messiah and the Messiah yep. as a, I think that that collection was put together and the Holy spirit was involved in that. I a hundred percent believe that to be true. Yeah. Um, and so in a sense, I guess you could say uh, the, I, I've not been taught this in class directly, but a way to kind of reword it would be the Protestant Bible, which is kind of like the slimmest, you know, um, mm-hmm. the Old Testament, New Testament that most of us know in the, in the Protestant movement, that's like the bare, it, I would consider like the bare minimum, mm-hmm. you know, like that's yeah. the, that's the, the mere Bible. <laughs> <laughs> like mere Christianity like Christian, reference here. Yeah, that's right. But it's the, it's the mere Bible, but it doesn't mean that the other piece, pieces of literature are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes people, um, conflate the terms apocrypha with pseudopigrapha i know that's another big word but pseudopigrapha would be um books that they found had like a fake author yeah or it's someone saying i'm the apostle paul but they're really not the apostle paul so that literature is kind of thrown out because it's like this isn't it's pseudo it's fake that's right but then the apocrypha is not that way it's literature that is still good and is still helpful um, but it's not included in our canon. Yeah, that's right. Uh, it, it, that's good. The, so the the division of the texts, there is what we would consider to be the primary, the, the yes, tip. The first uh, canon. The yep. first, yep. And then the second set of mm-hmm. them, uh, as I, are, they're not bad, Yes. Uh, but they don't make that kind of primary yep. cut. And then there are absolutely pieces of literature out there uh, that have been dumped. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A better way to yeah, because they were found to be like not, you know, different authors or someone trying to say that they were a certain apostle. And a cool thing is, I think the the way they described apostle was like they had firsthand encounter with Jesus, wasn't yeah. it? Yep. Yeah. So like yep, that's yep. a major portion of the New Testament that's being written is like people who had firsthand encounters with Jesus, right? Which is what we absolutely want. Yeah. To be the first literature that people pour through yeah um, and really own and so you've got you got 40 authors hundreds of years you know or more than that if you're including the gap in between the writings um, a lot more than that um, from different continents all telling one yeah story um, and they, I mean miraculously all woven together how God yeah. is, is calling his yeah. people to himself through Jesus as a perfect and embodied Savior now okay what about pieces of literature today uh, like 
Timothy Keller or mm. John Piper yeah. or whoever, right? Like, yeah. what about the authors today? Um, or who you mentioned one prior to our meeting that yeah, like Beth Moore Beth studies, Moore studies and all that. Yeah, it's like um, I, again, I would say those are wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't see I don't see those as evil, right? And the Bible as good. Right. I see the Bible as unique. Right. And those are other wonderful supplements. Yeah. The Bible really stands alone in its ability um, to mediate an encounter with God. Yeah. Um, So I think it's, is it Acts that talks about the Bible in that it's uh, breathed by the Holy Spirit? It's profitable, you know, in different ways. It cuts to our very, you know, bone and marrow. It it reads us, basically. I think Proverbs is like, it's like a mirror. Right. So, like, it is unique and stands alone in that it is a library or a book that when we read it, it is able to kind of give us a picture of ourselves and the world that we live in to reveal things to us that we could not have known, not just by us learning more information, but by the Holy Spirit actually opening our eyes. There is something divinely and spiritually unique about Scripture. Right. And uh, and, uh, another way that I've I've kind of thought about it in talking with people is um, it's like if if Timothy Keller and Beth Moore and whoever else it is that people are reading, and by the way, I think some of those are much better than others. Yeah. But uh, whoever's people reading, it would be like reading a, a love letter or a, or a novel, right? And and saying this is the same as actually being in a marriage and right. being in love, right? And so all of these people that write about the Bible, it's just it's one step removed, right? And uh, and and the call, I think, to scripture, and I do believe it is divinely inspired, yeah. is literally a call for you to participate in something rather than just learn about it. Right. And the scripture offers an overlap between heaven and earth in a way that I don't think any other piece of human literature right. can compare with. Right. The the idea of something being a sacrament or sacramental in nature is that it is a place, a touch point of like revelation or a place where God is revealing himself. The word of God is definitely sacramental in that it's a place of encounter. Yeah. I think some of the early church fathers talked about that, that because of the Holy Spirit, when we read the words of scripture, they come alive to us. It's a living document. Yeah. It isn't just history like other history books. You know, we're just reading something that happened in the past. But when we read the Bible, it comes alive to us in a way that the same power and this that happened, you know, let's say when Christ yep. raised from the dead, that same power is active through even the retelling of the story and the reading of the story. Yeah, you uh, and th- the scripture works as another interesting tool is uh, it is accountability. Mm-hmm. So like uh, you're 100 percent right. It is this unique living thing uh, that is also framework. Mm-hmm. Um, like central core framework. Right. right. Uh, you even think about like the Protestant uh, Reformation. So y- whenever, if you go back far enough in, in, in time prior to the Protestant Reformation, uh, the people that could actually read the Bible yeah. were the, the priests. You know, right. they were they were the only ones that had direct access. So yeah. when the scripture was told to the people, mm. it went through a lens. Yeah. It went through some lens. 
And, and even now, even the best of authors, even the best of preachers, I mean, even me or you, right. we cannot help but when we retell the story of the Bible, it is it is coming coded in our lens at yeah. some level. Yeah, yeah. And history shows that uh, that humans, even with good intention, can build all kinds of funny things. Oh, yeah. And and the, and when of course when Luther comes along and sola scriptura and yeah. he just makes this really big deal, we need the, the Bible yeah. to be. I mean, the Bible alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, even that's been misused <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. even here recently. Um, it, but the idea that was so good that I think was woven into his thought is, guys, go back to the yeah, original. To that's yeah. right. Yeah. And let's decide our theology on the afterlife and yeah. theology on generosity yeah. and theology of love yep. and marriage and theology of it's an anchor for us. Yeah, yeah. that's right. It's an anchor. Yeah. And so yeah. another reason, this divine, unique, beautiful thing that overlaps us with God, uh, but it is also, man, you need to learn to go back and read the actual yeah. anchor yeah. Um, to know the actual framework. So yeah. as you're studying Beth Moore or uh, whoever it is, you know, or yeah. Timothy Keller or, yeah. or Piper or whoever, you know, yeah. new author comes along. You can read them not going, oh, they are the truth. Right. But you can read them through the framework of a truth. Yeah. Uh, that that is much greater than any of their. Yeah. Yeah. Their and words. and as we read the Bible, um, Augustine says, uh, when the word speaks, God speaks. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there is a real sense in which we look past the words and we're having an encounter with God himself Yeah. Um, in these stories that he is actually revealing himself to us in yeah. specific ways that he wants us to know. Yeah. One of the helpful frameworks for me about the Bible is um, the word of God most of it speaks yeah. to us yeah except for the book of psalms and the psalms speak for us yeah. so they're kind of like an opposite direction rather than god like having something to say to us the psalms give us that expression back to god right and so the whole psalm a day thing that's a part of it is trying to teach our hearts to express our worship and express our yeah um our emotions our thoughts our praise to god yeah which is really cool it is man and the the it is true. So like uh, people that push back, you'll hear things like, well, the Bible wasn't written to us. Mm. And, um, there are parts of that where that's true. Uh, I do think the eyewitness accounts were written to open-ended future people where we are the intended recipient, though they didn't know my name or the year that I would be born. Uh, they absolutely were writing to future people to defend Christ. But it is also true that there are large portions of the scripture that were written to specific people for a specific reason at a specific time. But just because it wasn't written to you doesn't mean that it's not written for your benefit. Right, right. It it does get more complex than that because like we said at the beginning, uh, if it's a library, there are it's it's hard to make a the bible is you know statement right because there are certain books that have a very specific purpose like they're written for this purpose the torah yeah and then there's other books that are written for a slightly different purpose and if you get that mixed up actually one of the most hotly debated books whether it was going to be canonized the most was proverbs proverbs yeah because the thought was john mark comer talks about this the Mm -hmm. thought was if people read this as a book of promises, yeah. it will fail them because it right. isn't. It's That's a right. book of probabilities. probabilities. It's, it's yep. wisdom literature. Yeah. So we actually have to 
kind of understand what is this book of the Bible trying to say to us. That's right. And uh, and and one of the one of the wonderful if you have no literary education whatsoever, you can get into the Bible. Yeah. And even by the divine work of the Holy Spirit, he yes. will begin to speak to you in powerful ways. Yeah. It is also true that the study of the scripture is like a deep ocean. Absolutely. And you can't exhaust it. You can't exhaust it. And when you stumble across the idea that uh, some of these stories are mm. poetic and, and right. then you stumble across how poetry worked or right. you stumble across um, the way in which ancient Mesopotamian metaphors, you know, played yeah. out. And I mean, even things like uh, it's not uncommon in ancient Mesopotamia literature to write things, but it's like ideas that aren't totally unpacked. Absolutely. And uh, and they want you to go, oh, how yeah. does that work? And they right. want you to be in that thought of question. Right. And then as you continue to study, yeah. they give you insight into the answer that yes. was supposed that that's absent in the yeah. original in the original kind of part of the story. Yeah, in a lot of Hebrew literature, um, they leave out detail, uh-huh. but when you're given a detail, it's supposed to um, pique your interest and tell you something about someone's character. I've heard that about like Saul is tall. That's right. Like that's supposed to tell you something about maybe his sense of how he presented himself. Yes, yes, as yeah. the bravado or whatever. Right. Or you hear about uh, Jacob is hairless, you know, right. his skin is smooth, and he's a deceiver. Yeah, he's and, slimy yep. in a sense. And yep. Esau's hair. There's all kinds of different things. When there is an absence of detail, when you get a detail, you're supposed to ask, why Why is that there? Right, And in, in this, which we've talked about this in church many times, but, you know, if you were to stumble across something I wrote that says it's raining cats and dogs outside. Right. It, the people in this era would know that's, yeah, it means it's raining hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if you were to come across it 2,000 years from now. Right. It might be hard to understand might be hard what to understand. the author meant. That's right. Yeah. And so the, the beauty is I 100% believe that God can speak mm-hmm. to the person who's just barely able to read and first getting into the word of God. God yes. can speak. The spirit Absolutely. meets with you. And you better believe there is a lifetime of depth to un- yes. undo in this, um, which is beautiful too. Yes. Um, and and so I just, without, without a doubt in my heart, I think all of the extra tools, because we learn these ancient things like mm-hmm. literary styles or yeah. how to understand yeah. by studying extra tools. Yes. But the extra tools do not replace the actual beautiful thing that we're trying to That's engage right. with. That's right. Um, yep. In the same way that, you know, uh, the five love languages yeah. is not a replacement for marriage. Yeah. It's just a tool to understand marriage yeah. better. Yeah. Um, that's massive. Okay, so. That's good. Lots of good stuff. There's a lot there. <laughs> okay, so I'm looking at our questions. Uh, what is the Bible? Uh, why is the Bible unique? I think yeah, we've yeah. covered that. Is there anything we should add to that, why the Bible is unique? Yeah, I mean, the the big thing for me is that it, it uh, mediates an encounter with God. So it's really when we read it, we're beginning to interact with a person. Yeah. Which is amazing. You know, uh, um intentionally sounding super spiritual here <laughs> go like, for it which i we're christian that's fair that's fair <laughs> um i really believe when you open the bible and you read it there is something that happens in the unseen world yeah yeah between you and god um yep. that c- just does not happen yep when you read a random book by yep. whoever modern christian yep. and um, and you don't actually have to know what it is for it to happen. Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge thing for me is like when we hear the word 
and when we read the word and when we you know engage with god he is depositing things inside of us yep. and i don't have to know exactly what it was right. for god to have just done work in me and is this not true in other areas where like you think about parenting you know with my own children um you know when my when my daughter I, one of my daughters was really scared here recently and it just bothered, you know, having a hard time. But a lot of complex things yeah. uh, going on. Uh, some hard things in family, not yeah. our family, but an- another yeah. family that uh, was aware. Anyways, long story short, in her trying to express it, it literally just came out as "hug me, dad." Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, oh man, there's a lot that um, you could unpack in her story. Right. right. That we that should be unpacked yeah. at some point. But right there in that moment, that hug is doing inside of her what she cannot even articulate. Yes, yes. And yeah. I just think that the Bible, like yes. God, the Holy Spirit, God does the same thing with yes, us. He does. Um, yeah. Even the most intelligent of us, yep. there is just more that we don't know than we That's do. Right. Um, yeah. And so uh, I don't care if you have a PhD in, you know, ancient yeah. Hebrew literature or whatever, right? Yeah. Or you are a brand new baby Christian. The reality is uh, God reaches down and hugs you in your unique That's way. Right. And you're going to have a lifetime of forever yeah. of going deeper and understanding his love even yeah. more and expressing it in even more beautiful, creative ways. Yeah. And so I just, I, I intend to sound hyper spiritual. Yeah. There is something beautifully unique about the Bible. Yes. That's just not the same with other pieces of literature. Yep. That's right. Okay, and then uh, can you substitute the Bible for other pieces of literature? We already answered that, I think, pretty yeah, yep, yep. pretty well. And so then kind of the last question is, uh, okay, I get it. So the person listening to this um, is going, okay, I get it. The Bible's unique. Yeah. Um, I want to start reading it. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, I would just encourage you, I mean, if you're listening to this, especially when this is the week that it's recorded, yeah. Um, and you're kind of coming into our Trinity system. Mm-hmm. We're studying the Bible as a whole. Yeah. So I'd encourage you to use yeah, the tool that we put together. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Read so, with us. yep, that's right. Go, uh, go to the website or download the church. Yep. Church center app. Uh huh. And, uh, and go to our church and right there under the big story, it yeah. just, it's, you know, scriptures to read. Uh, but then even really good, some videos to watch yeah, that will videos, help you understand it better. The videos are going to have to do exactly with what we're talking about. The first, um, series that we're in in the beginning, um, it really talks about interacting with the Bible and kind of the different genres of the Bible of Scripture. So yeah, it's it's really cool. Yeah, I, and, and and I'd encourage you to to do that. And then um, as you're reading through it, don't necessarily hesitate to go down some rabbit trails. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, n- rabbit trails can take you unhelpful places too. Sure. Uh, but if you're reading through that and you're like, oh, I really want to know more about the tree yeah. that's in the garden. Yeah. You know, uh, explore it. Yeah. And I would just encourage you, at least initially, if you've not done a lot of Bible study, uh, good places to start that are very accessible and easy. Um, just type in whatever you're interested in and on YouTube and do the Bible project. Oh, yeah. They have great resources and lots of scholarship 
goes into that. Yes, they're really well done and they're so accessible. Um, And I would also encourage you to avoid (laughs) the random crazy million little things that just, and there are other, there are actually other works out there that are even more scholarly. Um, There are guys like Dr. Ken Skank that does a lot of, he's right right now taking apart, literally original language taking apart uh, Jonah at the time Mm. of this recording. And uh, he is really, really good. But it definitely feels more for church leaders. Right. You know, he's assuming kind of you've been to seminary. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so I would start with just the Bible app. So if you're reading through it and you're like, oh, that's super interesting. Mm -hmm. I want to learn more about um, whatever, the Battle of Jericho. Joshua fights the Battle of Jericho. Um, Just type it in and type in the Bible project. And they've got videos yeah. on a whole lot of things there's also like you can get i don't know if you can think about this i don't know if there's a commentary you would recommend for people but there's things called commentary which yeah. is basically you can read it with your bible and it has yep um writers who are going to explain what passages mean help you understand it i love to do that read yep. read a chapter and then kind of read a commentary yep uh, and really great 101 commentaries are study bibles yeah, yeah. I mean, in a sense, uh, a study Bible, a study Bible is in a sense yeah. a commentary. Yeah, I have the Wesley Study Bible, which is like a bunch of John Wesley's thoughts on that's right verses. And there are some really great ones out there. And so, uh, a good study Bible is a great place to begin to. Yeah. Um, and there, if you want like multiple authors, I mean, there's the NIV Study Bible, which is pretty good. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, and then the ESV Study Bible is a pretty good oh, one yeah. too. Yeah. Um, and so th- it, those are great places. And yeah. then you can get ones with specific people right um the wesley one yeah um there's a there's a whole, there's a number of them out there yeah and so a great place to start uh, yep so study bibles are another great 101 uh commentary yeah to to use where you're reading along in the bible yes. and you're like i wonder what this means yes you can look it up also uh, okay a plug for um this sunday we actually have group sunday i think one of the best things you can do to learn is really talk about the bible yeah so like reading a passage like our reading plan reading our passage mm-hmm. and then getting together with some people maybe over coffee and just saying hey yeah. what did what did this mean to you what did what did you get out of this and and just discussing it with people so yeah. we're all about groups at trinity like yeah. being in a group and having conversations about god that's right uh definitely do it get plugged in it's good i love that okay um i think we covered a lot today (laughs) there's a lot there's a lot to cover um but it's really good and i guess i just throw this last out there if you're somebody listening to this because we have these people in our church and you are bible nerd already yeah and uh, you're already neck deep you've been through the (laughs) niv bible esv bible yeah you're you're even listening to this and you're like no 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 actually (laughs) well um, actually which is great if you're that kind of person that's 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 great too um i want to honor that and then i'd encourage you a good place you might be at a place where you need to invest in a tool yeah. Like download the Logos app. Yeah. And um, uh, you can, I think it's logos.com is mm-hmm. the website. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, I mean, seminaries use that resource. Yeah, you and do tool. word studies, Greek studies. Mm-hmm. It's really yep, good. Original language work. Yes. You can take classes in Greek, yeah. classes in Hebrew, um, and, and learn a whole bunch of the uh, things. So that would be another yeah. final tool yeah. for other. My, my encouragement, I would say for people, and this is my personality, so you can all take it through the lens of your own personality, but there's a quote that I love, and it says, in tears the Bible was written, and to tears it yields its greatest treasures. Yeah. So just coming to God's Word with an expectation that you're meeting with God himself and so just coming with a heart of sincerity that he wants to speak to you. He's a good father in that way. Yeah. And it's crazy. There's an episode of The Chosen where they talk about this uh, referencing the Sermon on the Mount, but 
how it does work is often when we're reading a passage, 10 of us could read the same passage, but God highlights something for us that is unique. Yeah. And sometimes we'll get very different things out of the same thing yeah. because the Holy Spirit is at work in it to speak to us specifically, which is so yeah. cool personally. Yeah, I love that. And thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. And Josh, thanks for doing this with me. For sure. Um, no, we love you all. I pray you guys have a great week. And so until next week, we'll see you.